All right, everyone, welcome back to the Made Health and Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Mike Fido, along with my co-host, Mike Esco. How's it going, Esco? Oh, man, it's going, it's going wonderful. It's, it is going don't wonderful. Think it could be, don't think it could be any better. Wow, man, that is yeah. really good. How, how can someone say that at the beginning of the semester? You know, that is actually the crazy thing that a lot of people forget is that this is one of our jobs. We also are active researchers and active teachers. And so, you know, the beginning of the semester does start out a little bit hairy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it sure does, man. But, you know, I'm excited. I think that we're dealing with a bunch of challenges with COVID. And we we are, our students are, everybody across campus, everybody across the world. But we're all in this together, you know. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, um, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a great semester. I think so too. So we yeah. started out a little bit last time. I jumped you. Actually, you weren't expecting it. Yeah, so you got me. Kind of said that these first couple episodes were going to be what is what is made. What's the app? What's the history behind it? How we kind of discovered it with research? What our vision for made is? A little bit of background about us. And I kind of sprung yeah. one on you last week. I fired a bunch of questions off so that the you know our listeners and, and some of our users could get a feel for who Esco actually is. So you said that this week you're going to flip it on me. Is that true? That's very true. It's payback. <laughs> I'm ready for it, man. Let's bring it. So what do you got, my friend? Yeah. I know I know a good bit about your background, and I really think that it's it's cool. So I was wondering, can you tell our listeners you, about your background? You know, related to your educational and professional journey. You know, how, how did you get here? A little bit different than I think most. I thought that I was going to go to college to be a teacher. When I was in high school, I was about. 290 pounds, 300 pounds ish, right? Was the heaviest that I was active, played sports, but, but was just, was just a big guy, lost a lot of weight through exercise and through, you know, adopting kind of a healthier eating, you know, a healthier eating plan. Didn't know what I was doing and didn't have a clue. Like I was reading muscle and fitness and men's health and, you know, taking workouts and taking, you know, taking workouts of the magazine and and taking diet plans and things like that from wherever I could find it. And I, I lost a lot of weight. I lost about 80 pounds and it would have come off a lot faster if I knew what I was doing. And it would have come off a lot healthier if I knew what I was doing. Losing that weight for me was such a huge, it was a huge life change, right? My confidence went through the roof. Like I felt better. And this has made such a huge impact in my life that I'm going to try to make the same, same changes for, you know, all the clients that I work with. I'm going to be the best personal trainer that's ever lived and, and we're going to go. And this is going to be great. That was the plan. And the first client that I had after graduating was a congestive heart failure, double knee replacement. And I got out there into the real world and, you know, quickly found out that most of the clients I was going to be training looked more like my parents than they looked like me. And I felt just completely unprepared. So I went back for, for clinical exercise phys, really loved it. It, it became like every, everything just, it just fit. It made so much sense to me. One of my professors told me, you should, you should think about doing a PhD because you were really good at this. And if you're going to do it, do it now. I started thinking and, re, and you know, decided it didn't make sense to treat a heart attack after it already happened. What if we could prevent the heart attack from happening in the first place, right? So then I went the other end of the spectrum and it was like, okay, let's, let's not do cardiac rehab. Let's do with pediatric obesity. We're going to do with kids. Still focusing kind of on obesity because that was, you know, it, again, it made such a huge impact for me. Found a PhD program at Georgia that was doing body composition and, and kids and physical activity and young adults. Started getting really into the research. Body composition has kind of always been an interest to me because I think I've dealt with a lot of those those weight issues and I've 
personally dealt with disordered eating patterns and disordered, you know, personally, like I've had a sometimes an unhealthy relationship with exercise and an unhealthy relationship with food. It, it kind of makes me mad, you know, when I see people out there and they're, you know, they, they've been skinny and thin for their entire lives and they're telling people how to lose weight and be healthy. I'm like, come on, dude, you, <laughs> you haven't been there. <laughs> Don't tell me about that. I, you know, like, I think I've got personal experience to fall back on. It's just always something I've felt, I've felt at home with. And I think that's one of the cool things with this project, not, not to keep going back to the app, but the way that we've kind of explained like your relationship and my relationship on this on on this project and in and our research interests with body composition and the app is that we take it from two different angles because while you like we talked about last time while you were appearing in muscle and fitness uh, I was reading that you know that that probably that issue of muscle and fitness and coming at it from the other end from the weight loss angle so I think that that gives us a really unique perspective on on who our users are and who our listeners are I think that's I think that's really cool I was skinny my whole life right struggling with with body composition from that way that presented me with a whole slew of problems but you know i am so thankful for the day i picked up a weight because it was like throwing a rock in water and the ripple effect that it had from that point forward it just continues to ripple on and on and that background and your story i mean it's like that personal connection that you have is just that's what allows you to do the research and that's what allows you to be a really good teacher because you've been there and done that we become so relaxed with the language that we use about weight management and lax to a point where sometimes like I'm personally offended at how easily it's talked about. The weird thing is that it's the only disease that you can see, right? Like, and so I think there's a stigma that's attached to it where you can see someone be heavier and you just automatically assume that the lifestyle and behavior choices that they're making have to be wrong. Right. It's just just an assumption. Like you can't see somebody has high blood pressure. You can't see that somebody has, you know, has had a heart attack or bypass. Like, but you can look at somebody and see that they're overweight. And so you just have this this idea in your head, like, you must not exercise or you you must not eat right. Wait a second, man, there's a person in there. I'm like, I was that person. You can't do that. <laughs> I don't think there could have possibly been a way that I could have eaten less or exercised more. You know what I mean? Like, wait a second. Physical fitness, there's, there's many misconceptions related to physical fitness and being healthy and body composition and exercise. Wouldn't you say that this podcast that we're doing is really to kind of help to clear some, some of these misconceptions? We were talking with somebody the other day and they used the app. They got their results and they weren't happy with their results. And they said, this is, this is actually, this can't be right. It's higher than, you know, it's higher than what I expected to be. So this must be wrong. Um, and so we did a little digging and we were like, well, wait a second, what do you mean it's higher than what you expected? And she was like, well, um, I work out, you know, four or five, six days a week. And so like, I know because I work out that much, like my body fat should be probably down, like in the low teens. And we were like, whoa, wait a second. Like, hold on now. The body fat numbers that you got, like as a percentage, those are actually completely normal and actually much lower than what we would have expected. That is a misconception that we can clear up of like, what actually is a healthy body composition? What's normal? Are we dealing with unrealistic expectations of what normal is? And are we dealing with unrealistic expectations of what healthy is? Because those two things, they're, they're not always the same. That's what is, to me, most exciting with creating this podcast. I mean, we have a long list of topics ready to go in the future. We have some great guests that will be coming throughout this year. And we just are looking forward to grow in this podcast. Yeah, I think it's ready to go. And I think one of the most important things too that we we recognize and the reason why we're bringing guests on is this is not a soapbox for us to stand on. 
we're not trying to be the experts in all of these different fields. Like I think that you and I are going to hit up these first couple episodes and talk about what what the podcast will be. And then after that, it's all about the guests, right? Because we recognize our limitations. We have our very specific areas of research that we stay we stay active in. Like I like to play in my own research sandbox. There are other experts that are that are much smarter than I am in in their specific areas. And so it I think it would best serve the listeners to go directly to the source, to the experts that are out there doing it in that specific field. And best serve me. You know, we have a chance to talk to students outside of the walls of the classroom. My hope is that as many students as possible are listening to this to help them. It's something that's really, really important to me. Right. So last question. What's the best piece of advice you could give to a student? You know, the best piece of advice I think that I could give to anybody coming up is recognize your own limitations and not be afraid to partner. You know, I always heard mixed messages about professionally is that, you know, the most successful ones are the ones that can do it all themselves. You know, having to take on all of that responsibility to be the absolute best in in every single area and master every single skill is completely exhausting. Really recognize what you're good at and really do what you're good at well. And all the other stuff can just kind of fall to the side, right? I, I kind of carried that all the way until I got a job here as a professor is like you you had this perception like you had to be so good at doing everything. I can't even think about how many hours of sleep I lost <laughs> trying to learn all those different skills. And it's like, no, actually, I'm just going to go find somebody that can do it better. And I'm going to have them do it for me because that's that's their whole area. That becomes a really easy decision then is, is I want to do this one thing and do it really well. So that means that I need to find a team to insulate me around all of those weaknesses that I have or to do those other jobs that I don't want to do that they want, right? Find somebody who wants to do graphic design. Find somebody who wants to do scheduling. Find somebody who wants to do meal planning. Find somebody who's great at sales, right? And put them on your team and build around them. You don't have to do it all yourself. So what's your main motivation? What's my motivation to keep going? To keep it all together, to do all this stuff. Man, you know, you know, it's actually shifted. So when I started here, I thought that my motivation was to be the absolute best researcher that I possibly could be. Like that was the goal, right? It was like this, this there was a professional goal that was out there. I was like, I'm going to be... I'm going to blow it up. Like research is, is it's, it's going to be on, right? And we're going to go. And I think, you know, after a while, it, that, that fizzled a little bit. Again, there, there are so many things that, that have to be sacrificed in order to do that. The motivation now is to just have fun. We, when, you know, as a professional, we dove so far into the research side of things is that you lose a little bit of the interaction with participants, like with, with like clients at the gym, with training one-on-one with, you know, patients in cardiac rehab, you you miss that interaction because all of a sudden, you know, in a sense they're, they become data points to you, right? It's, it's about publications. And so one of the coolest things that I was thinking about is, is now as stressful as, as the launch has been and about the app and about the podcast, one of the coolest things is that I've actually started talking and interacting with with real people again right like through email through text through social media like it's it's like i'm interacting with actual users of the app and i'm actually talking to real strength coaches and i'm talking to real people now that are actually doing it it's almost like you're you're getting out of this this academic this this ivory tower that you know you kind of lock yourself away in to do research and and i think man how much fun that is and i i wonder if there are other, you know, researchers in our field that are kind of looking at what we're doing, you know, looking at what we're doing and saying like, ah, oh, but that's taken away from your research. What are you guys? Ooh, actually, actually, that looks like a lot of fun. 
(laughs) I would love to shut the research down a little bit and actually like, not like we're goofing around on social media or goofing around on these podcasts, but actually have some fun. You forget the reason that you got into this, you know, like you got into it for the love of fitness and you got into it for the love of health. Like you got into it and started personal training and doing group fitness because, because it was what your passion was. And, you know, I think for some people along the road, like you, you lose a little bit of that, you lose a little bit of the passion as, as you, as you turn it into a career, as a job, when you get outside of, you know, the, the environment that you loved, you get outside of the gym. This is actually putting us back into it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. People do lose sight of that. I, and, and, you know, I, I, I really, I think personally, in my opinion, I think it's unfortunate when someone changes, makes a dramatic shift in their research agenda to pursue because they need, they feel like they need to be pursuing something, something else like funding or publication in a higher prestigious journal or whatnot. But I'm with you. If people would follow their passion, that's what, that's the, that's the guiding light. That's the guiding light towards their success. I think we just finished. Did we just wrap up episode number two? We did. What an incredible accomplishment. This is a milestone. Everybody out there, this is the Made Health and Fitness Podcast. Download us, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. We are made together and we are made better. This is Mike and Mike. We are signing off. Thank you. Thank you very much.